It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. I haven't been on the last couple of Fridays, so I've missed the, the dulcet tones of Jeremy Paul. JP, welcome in. Oh, you've missed me, bro. Oh, I have. Listen, they just say, your voice, it's just so silky smooth. It just, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it, JP. Um, That's a good chat, bro. That is good <laughs> It's a good way to start, eh? a good way to lead into it, a weekend, my man. It is a good way to start, mate. So, uh, firstly. I just wish my wife would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too, actually. Uh, JP, um, look, we're going to talk some rugby, but very, very uh, importantly, uh, the exciting news overnight. Roger Tuivasa, Sheik RTS, uh, he's coming back to the Warriors, mate. The, the rugby experiment over for, for Roger Tuivasa, Sheik. Yeah, a bit mixed of feelings about that, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm a big supporter of, of Roger Tuivasa Shek. I, I, look, I, he's all class, mate, and he's an incredible rugby union and rugby league player. Look, he hasn't obviously clicked as quick as I thought he would. Um, and if you look at guys like Sonny Bill Williams, who sort of stuck at it and then became obviously one of the greats in both codes. Mm. Um, it, it, in his position particularly, when you move to that 12 position, as we saw with Sonny, with SBW, um, what about we're talking about two blokes with um, with uh, letters as their names, Rod, RTV and whatever, <laughs> and SBW, my God. Yeah. Um, BTY, uh, BTW, by the way. Um <laughs> If you, <laughs> I'm getting lost with all these with all these letters, bro. I think um, we could throw together you, like a, a pure rugby league thirteen just off, yeah, uh, you know, hyphenated off names. Yeah, 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 just, just off letters. letters. <laughs> We're talking letters now. We're talking letters. Oh. Uh, but if you look at Sonny Bill Williams, right, like he, like he, he didn't fire early on um, because that twelve position is incredibly difficult, right, to yeah. understand where you need to be. But like to to Rogers. Credit though, I think he's I think he's performed outstanding. Look, I, he has a lot of critics because there was um, a lot of pressure on him, but I, I still think he can make a massive difference in the Rugby World Cup this year. I think the Blues coming off a off a blow, off a bye for next week, um, just to get their mojo back, get back to what they did last year, and and that was in the back end of the season really work hard on their defense like they're just letting they, they've got all the attacking threats that a team could possibly wish and hope for but currently at the moment defensively they're just not muscling up and i think coming back from the spy i think look they'll they'll reassess and and have more of a concentration towards their defense so um which i think roger is perfect for he knows how to muscle up mm. um yeah, you know, but in terms of rugby league and a great coup, particularly after you know the Soeli um, defection to rugby union here in Australia, and um, you know one of the greatest oh, talents I've seen for a long time um, come to play rugby in twenty twenty five, I believe, um, after the end of his contract with the Roosters. So, I oh, look big win for the Warriors. Warriors, wow. Who would have thought, eh? Yeah. Um, people still don't think they're going to be consistent throughout the year, but if they just keep keep gaining that confidence, man, they can. It's like the Dolphins, right? No one expected them as well. It's arguably one of the t one of the closest competitions this year. So, yeah. 
um, and we see and we're seeing Penrith getting beat. So yeah. <laughs> um, oh mate, it... no great win for the Warriors. Great win for for rugby league to have him back. But I, I would love to have seen him. But now look, rugby is always an option for him for Japan later on in life to just to go for that dash for cash later on. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And like to your point about the Warriors as well, you've got to remember Roger Tuivasa Sheik spent most of his time there behind a team that didn't really perform very well. So what's he going to be like behind a team now that is starting to fire? It's a, it's a very exciting prospect. JP, the bigger question for, for the rugby fans out there really is, uh, will he go to the World Cup? And the All Blacks have sort of notoriously, if a player doesn't commit or you know decides they're going to go overseas the following year, that almost rules them out of a World Cup because they, they're interested yes. in building people. So what do you reckon? I mean, moving moving to the Warriors aside, was Roger a real a chance, do you think, to make that All Blacks Rugby World Cup team? Is he a chance? Well, absolutely. Look, not just not like World Cups aren't won just on the field. They won off it. Like it's the training, it's the pressure someone's putting on the player in front of them. Uh, it's the experience um, and and clarity when it comes to the big moments. Um, yeah, I, look, I think he'd be an incredible. He, he just looks like the ultimate professional too, right? Like for training, especially with the with the dirty dirties we used to call them and and the re, and the reserves like it's it's a big part of winning world cups is your 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 attention to detail at training and really with training um comes the confidence to win seven games it's about seven games and new zealand aren't in the all blacks aren't in the position they've gone into in previous world cups so um but you know bro that that did come that did cross my mind the first thing when I heard it, I thought, hmm, I wonder if they even pick him. Mm. Because, you know, when you think about a young kid who's staying with Rugby Union and the opportunity to blood that player through a Rugby World Cup um, for, you know, for future World Cups and for future all back selection, it's, yeah, you almost got to lean that way, don't you? Because mm. he's made his decision to go back to Rugby League and... Sorry, man, but if if you weren't the best player in the world as of today, then they and you and they can't not pick you. Then of course you're going. But he's unfortunately like hasn't gotten to that stage yet. So yeah, man, I I don't know. I think it has put his rugby world cup in jeopardy. Mm. To be honest, yeah, no, real interesting story that will follow throughout the year. JP, uh, let's talk some uh, some Super Rugby storylines uh, before we get into this weekend's game. Uh, the Queens and Reds and Brad Thorne departing. Um, there was a lot of pressure. Uh, we heard last week reports of if, if they had lost to Moana Pacifica that it was basically going to be gone that afternoon or that evening. Uh, he is staying on to the end of the year. And it feels like uh, with Brad Thorne, there was, this, there was this build at the Reds and this idea that you know over the course of time, uh, things were going to really start to ramp up and he was going to take that side to the promised land. It just hasn't sort of worked out for the Reds and Brad Thorne, has it, JP? Yeah, it's a shame because he's a good coach. Um, you know, he's he changed the Reds. Like, they were in a really bad spot. But, look, I also look at – look, if you look at their 36 players that's in their squad, 34 of them have come through the system in terms of Queensland under-19s, Queensland under-20s. Um, so they've, they've really – only looked at players that are on that pathway and and so club footy really hasn't got a look in and i think i think when you look at like cohesion um you know and 
I suppose, combinations. It, it's a good way to structure your high-performance unit and to, to see young players as they come through and continually invest time and energy into these players. But that also means you've got to, you've got to make sure you're picking the right players mm. on that journey, right? Because then you get to a situation like they're in now with he has seen a lot of injuries um, Paul Thorny, like there's like been some key injuries to some key players over the last couple of years, which has disjointed their rhythm. It really has. Um, and so, I mean, a little bit like Dave Rennie, right? Like when Dave Rennie couldn't get that consistency going, couldn't get that, that, that consistency of winning week in, week out and winning the games they should win. Um, and just dropping off in performances like that very competitive 40 to 50 minutes, but that last sort of 30 minutes, particularly with the New Zealand sides, just running all over top of them. And But sometimes, mate, change brings change. And look, I, I don't think this is the end of Brad Thorne. I think, you know, Brad Thorne will, will go away somewhere and, and, you know, get a new environment and excel as a coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he's done, like, overall, when you look at what he's done with Queensland and the position they're in, I think he's done a stellar job. Um, and where Rugby Australia is as a whole <laughs> as well, right? Like, you know, we just don't have the player depth. And I think that's pretty much prevalent with the with the Queensland Reds. Like, if you look at, like I said, 34 of their 36 squad players have come through the system. It kind of means we don't have enough players coming through the system. Yeah. Hey, there's a uh, coaching spot opening up at the Crusaders shortly, JP. Wow. That's <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, yes. And can you imagine someone like Brad Thorne with the depth of talent there? Yeah. yeah. I, and he fits into the mould, yep. doesn't he? Like, yep. well done, bro. Mm. Keep going. Oh, look at you. Good. <laughs> breaking, breaking news Good. here, JP. Hey, but uh, the other one breaking. that's getting the other one, the other <laughs> one that's breaking. getting thrown around is Robbie Deans, eh? Coaching up in Japan. Would he come back to the Crusaders? So uh, we're well, gonna look. Look, you've got to go back to your roots, right? Like, and and why the Crusaders are so successful because of that culture that they built. And yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the Brumbies. And and look, the only like Dan McCalla came through the system in terms of assistant coaches, coached in Canberra uh, for a couple of years prior to that, um, then came through the Brumby system. So really, it, it, he he then evolved through that same culture, um, same environment as in living in Canberra. So it just makes sense, man. Like I. I think Brad Thorne would be a great fit, though. Aaron Major as well could yep. be. Like, I know he's doing Pacific Moana, but, you know, like, if there's an opportunity to take the Crusaders. So, I, I would I would almost bet my house on the fact that um, they would take a, a, a Crusader, ex, either coach or player, yeah. definitely. Uh, let's talk some Super Rugby this weekend, um, JP. I'll start, actually, with tomorrow night's game between the uh, the Blues and the Tars. Um a lot of, lot of Warrabees out for the Waratahs. Is that them maybe just sort of signalling that they maybe don't think this game's going to be winnable and they'd rather just, just rest those guys? How do you sort of view it? Well, look, there's there's also the, the resting protocols with regards to Wallaby players, um, but also, too, there's injuries. Um, and you've got, to, you've got to test your depth. But like I said, the Blues coming off a bye from last weekend. It'll be interesting, I think, the Blues were my pick at the start of the year, um, just going off the back of last year and um, that little that one year wiser, um, that one year of of getting over those demons and that hurt 
of of missing out on that final because they really were the best team last year. Um, like I said, they've got wonderful attacking threats. Um, and I think you look at how the Brumbies played their squad against the Crusaders as well. Like you also probably as a as a team would look at the Blues and go, okay, this is a good opportunity to play some young blokes just to give them the taste of real rugby. Because mm. um, I think the Blues are going to come out and be very physical, incredibly physical um, to start their, their muscling up. When we won the 201 final, um, coming off the loss of the final, from the year before, there was a buy, and then we came. We came back. We we lost to the to the Highlanders, who were coming last on the table, and we had a buy, and we came back, and we we all came together and went. We just got to muscle up, man, to win this championship. We've got to like, we just got to tackle, 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 and we ended up only letting in two tries in the next four games, and I think you know where we sort of situated in the ladder now that's where the blues are so um not really interested in the tars and where they're at at the moment it's more about where i reckon the blues are it's going to kickstart Tonight's game at 9.35 New Zealand time, Rebels, Crusaders. The Crusaders welcoming back a bunch of uh, very key personnel, both uh, in the starting 15 and on the bench as well. Um, well Rebels fans should probably be a little bit worried, <laughs> shouldn't they, JB? Tonight might be a bloodbath. No, mate, surprisingly, the Rebels have actually dug in this year. Like, if you have a look at a few of their games where they've actually they've let teams start on them, which is something they can't afford to do against the Crusaders. But they've hung in there and they've played and played and played to the 80th minute. So in previous years, man, I would have agreed with you. But surprisingly, I think the Rebels, and with a couple of players being added from the Rebels to the Wallaby squad, is only going to give them more confidence. So I don't feel it's going to be as... and. I don't know what it is with the Crusaders. Is like the Force was their bogey team as well as the Rebels. Yeah, <laughs> like the Rebels yeah that's true. A bogey. But you would like, you know, like in in terms of just thinking with your head, you think the Crusaders are going to come here. But but again, the the Crusaders um, are going to are, are like the Blues. They're going to have to kickstart being the ninth out of the 15th round, this is a good time to start building your momentum towards the finals. And the uh, the game, the late game tomorrow night between the Force and the Highlanders, we just spoke to our, uh, our TAB over here and they said that the most money on underdogs this weekend is going on the Force to upset the Highlanders uh, over there um, in Western Australia. What do you reckon, JP? Do you reckon the Force can Mate, get up? I, I'm happy to open up my TAB and take all those bets. <laughs> Um, there's not a chance in hell um, at the force. Oh. Look, again, they have surprised me in a couple of games this year. Um, Simon Cron is um, is the coach this year. And look, I, I had a bit to do, got to know him quite well through the club scene over here and, and with our national competition when it was on. And he's a great, he's a good coach. He actually went to Japan and, and studied under Steve Hansen. So, He's he's brought a little bit of of pride back to that Western Force jersey, um, just simplifying processes and systems, particularly in defence. Um, but again, their attack is is still really pedestrian. It, there's no, it seems to be quite consistent across Australian teams. We're missing their connection at the breakdown. Um, I'm finding that the New Zealand teams are just waiting, 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 and then pouncing. 
and we're not able to string those long phases together and and that but that comes with cohesion within your side right like and I, and one thing Simon Cron did bring to the force was he is starting to develop more players locally um and he's got some really good imports there but I oh, look at the hurricanes Look, they they they're a top four side if they want to be, um, and on their day can can, can re really put some points on. But uh, look, I, it'll be tighter than what people think. But um, I can't see the Hurricanes losing. Highlanders, Highlanders, um, oh, Highlanders, Highlanders. Yeah, the Hurricanes on the bye. Um, just finally though, JP, the Chiefs draw, which we haven't actually talked about, is the uh, the game at seven oh five tonight, New Zealand time. The Chiefs are experimenting a little bit here. They've got uh, Damian back in the fullback position. Uh, Bryn Gatlin starts at ten. Cortez Ratama uh, starts at number nine, and Sean Stevenson goes out onto the wing, mate. Uh, they're still undefeated. The Chiefs good win over the Canes last weekend, and uh, yeah, just trying uh, Clayton McMillan trying something a little bit different this week against the Drua. Mate, the Drua second year is – you couldn't be happier, like, as a coach. Like, I think they are just – they are progressing perfectly in terms of of the of the infancy of, of their um, inclusion within this competition, like, only their second year. And then they're now starting to play for longer minutes. We saw them against the Brumbies take the lead, I think, with – like about eight to ten minutes to go, um, had a try just allowed, and then unfortunately fell away with a few minutes to go. And but that they're a side that can attack from anywhere. We know that how flamboyant the Fijians can be, um, but they're now starting to muscle up a bit. And what they've got to do is they've got to back their defence. They've got to concentrate on their defence with the Chiefs. And but look, that's confidence though with the Chiefs, right? In your squad when you when you're seven from seven. You, you, there's a massive buzz around the training pitch, right? And there's a massive buzz within the squad. And so players know they have to step up when they come in. Like, I think if you were changing your squad and not seven from seven to going against the Fiji and Drua, you'd be making a big mistake because um, those guys can flip a coin, right? <laughs> they can flip a game so quickly. Mm. Um, but I think the Chiefs going, um, I think they go into their bye next week. Um, no, they've got the Crusaders next week. Um, no, look, that they just that, their back three, man, is arguably the best back three in the competition. Like, just their work rates are incredible. And and everyone talks about the tight five and their work rates, um, but that back three, man, and attack just are constantly giving each other options. Um, and their defense. I loved how they just held the Blues out a couple of weeks back when the Blues, what the, well, they had three disallowed tries. Um, Bowden Barrett actually stepped over the dead ball. Point, I think. <laughs> yeah. oh, Don't remind Blues fans uh, about that. Ken's yeah, not happy. I know, I know, I know, I know. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Ken. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I just think they're a well-drilled squad. I mean, look, at the second half of this this competition is they, they have to play all the New Zealand sides again. And, I mean, that will really test their medal. But I, I just like the way the Chiefs are travelling. Look, we had question marks over them at the start of the year, but they've just delivered, haven't they? So, yeah. um, and, and if the squad can win the game this weekend and win it well, comfortably, it means they're travelling incredibly well with changes. Yeah, it makes me very happy. Makes me very happy as a Waikato man, uh, JP. Uh, mate, we're running out of time. Got to let you go. Uh, really appreciate you coming on as always, my friend. Uh, Steph should be back in the chair next Friday, so we'll uh, we'll talk again then.